Hello, internet peeps. Welcome back to the new year of 2022. And I am Joe Dubs. I'm Zach. And this is Big Trouble Little Podcast. Every January, we do our Twilight Zone uh, episode picks. And I am first up the bat since these guys were at MAGFest. And I was like, you know what? Let me pick the episodes when they come back from their trip. They'll be ready to watch. We are going to be covering Season 2, Episode 24, Rip Van Winkle Caper. And Season 3, Episode 17, One More Paul Bearer. Not Paul Bearer from WWE. Oh, not that guy. Uh, but the Twilight Zone episode. Uh, only wrestling fans will get that. <laughs> um, but uh, before we get into some Twilight Zone, guys, what the hell you've been watching, playing, or doing? I'll go first since I had less of a boring one compared to you guys. Since I know you guys are gonna have a lot to talk about. I beat Halo Infinite. I beat the campaign. Um, I will say this. What? Le- wait, wait. You beat Halo Infinite? Yes. So the title was a lie this whole time. Technically, no, because apparently he's not done with the fight, and um, he, he had to do he's never that, done. He had to do that stupid line where he goes, "I'm here to finish a fight," and obviously that means there's going to be DLC, kind of like what the Destiny Two does with the expansions. I'm pretty sure that's what Halo is going to be doing. Has there ever been a story DLC for Halo, like for four no. or five or anything? I no. don't think so. Huh. That would, that, I, I'd never really realized that. I never really. There's always been downloadable maps, but. Huh. Yeah, so. Did you like it? Was it a good game? The last act is when I really liked it. The others, I was kind of like, man, this is like every open world, like Just Cause game, every Far Cry game. I was getting kind of bored of just doing the same things over and over again. But once we got into the hot and heavy of the story of the last act, I was like, this is a Halo game. This is what it's supposed to be. Damn it. And um, then I liked it. Uh, I am going to be having a review on my YouTube channel soon, so keep an eye out. Give it about two to three weeks. I want to do a good job on it. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I also I also finished Resident Evil Revelations, and me and Zach are finally going to be doing the Resident Evil Revelations sh- uh, show on the Nemesis Project in two weeks. So keep an eye out for that. And... I've been playing Boomer Shooters. Uh, I've been playing some Doom. I uh, Doom 64. Uh, I played Quake. I also played this World War II sim game called Hell Let Loose. It's so fun. Um, people that really play first-person shooters are probably not going to like this if it's a hardcore sim. Because you don't know who you kill, so there's no indicator when you shoot somebody. It doesn't go like, Joe Dubs killed this guy. You have to actually look at the body and be like, oh, he's dead. Um, so that's cool. And um, me, and my, me and my friends, we, we were part of the tank crew. So we were just in a tank just shooting everybody. We were in Shermans and shit. Um, <laughs> there's a commander, uh, and our commander was Joe Biden. So... Every time we needed like a tank or more resources, we had to go like Joe Biden. Can you please give us more tanks or Joe Biden? Some people were doing like Sleepy Joe. Can you give us some stuff? Wake up! What are you doing? Wake up, Joe Biden! Wake up! Um, I played that movies. I watch uh, a lot of shows actually. The Expanse. I watch eighteen eighty three. I'm all caught up on that. By the way, I I kind of dig that the streaming things are releasing episodes every week. It kind of brings me back to the day where you're just like, oh man, I can't wait for the next episode. I gotta wait until next week. So 1883 does that. Mayor Kingstown is cool. I finished that season. That's on Paramount Plus. It has Jeremy Remmer from fucking uh, Endgame or the Avengers. Hawkeye, if anybody doesn't know who Jeremy Remmer is. I'm sure there's a lot of other movies that I watch. Uh, a lot of B-rated movies that you're just like, Dubs, what the fuck? Why did you want to watch that? I forgot the title already, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to bring it up. But that's that's what I've done. Um, I'll start with Andy. What have you been playing, watching, or doing? I'm sure you and Zach will have something similar to talk about. 
yeah, I'll just I'll leave Magfest to to the side to the end. Maybe we can discuss it jointly. But um, I've been watching all this week is Awesome Games Done Quick. So I've been watching a bunch of that. It's been a lot of fun. They played uh, some Final Fantasies, and I watched Ratchet and Clank, and I watched uh, watched a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yesterday, they did a four way race on Mario Galaxy Two. That was a real hoot. Um, I watched a movie called Black Moon Rising. It was uh, it's directed by some loser, but the story was written by John Carpenter, and he did a third of the screenplay for it. It stars Tommy Lee Jones and Linda Hamilton. And it's actually a really good movie. I really liked it. Um, what else? Uh, I've been, I started up Pokemon Shield. Every time I get back from Magfest, I, it always like put, puts me back in the mood to play a bunch of games, and I'm trying to finish Pokemon Shield before I move on to something else. And also, while I was at Magfest, I saw a panel at one in the morning that was called uh, MVP Baseball. Or uh, yeah, MVP Baseball 2005 is the greatest sports game ever made, and it's not even close. It's true. And we were all we were all joking about it. And I was like, I, I'm gonna go to this panel. I'm gonna see what the fuck's going on. I'm gonna see see what they're smoking. And then they made like a really compelling argument about why that game's actually really good. And then at the end of the panel, they had some to give away, and I won one. So I brought it home and I played it. And uh, the game's really fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of bizarre playing with you know teams the way they were in in 2005. Like King Griffey Jr. still on the Reds, and and Ichiro was still in Seattle, and you know a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I like vaguely remember from then. And that and I was playing because those are my those are my teams in the two leagues, and uh, it's a good game. <laughs> they were right. It's actually really fun. <laughs> and then at Magfest, I played like fucking 600 games. Like um, played. Gundam Extreme Versus and Jubeat and DDR and Doom and Quake and Donkey Kong 3. I played uh, a ton of Windjammers, a ton of Smash Brothers. Windjammers is awesome. Tekken, played Virtual Fighter, played um, Street Fighter Alpha 2. I think they only had two. That's the only one I saw. And it said Zero 2 because it was the Japanese one. Um, fucking Halo... Sonic 2, I played Pac-Man on the 2600. I, oh, my God. And, like, 30 other games I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the initial D arcade game. That game rips. Uh, Daytona USA 2, Sega GT, Sega uh, Sega Rally, but it was really slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crazy Taxi. Uh some Neo Geo game where you're a little mage and you throw fire at people. We figured out what the name was, but I already forgot. Maybe I'll uh, go to MagFest next next year. I mean, I'm should. I'm pretty kind of close a little bit. <laughs> it's in Maryland, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I could I could make that. Zach, what about you? Oh well, since I've been on Christmas break. <clears throat> I've watched, um, finished watching Doom Patrol season three. Um, now I'm waiting for season four. Still good. Uh, I don't like season three as much as the previous two because the story gets kind of wonky with like time travel bullshit and some amnesia. Mm. I thought that was that show's charm is it's like weird and strange. Uh, well, it was still weird and strange, but it just got a little, um, convoluted and bogged down by time travel and amnesia bullshit. So, if you're not careful, that's what happens. Mm. Um, Still good, though. And I watched uh, Wonder Woman 1984. How is that, by the way? um, It's not as bad as everybody says it is, but that being said, it's like nowhere near near as good as the first movie is. Yeah, the the first movie was really good, I heard. Well, I've I've seen it. It's got some weird tonal issues with some stuff going on. Like it starts off kind of like weirdly goofy with like some comedy shit. Like she's busting these goobers trying to rob like a jewelry store in the mall and it's all played off for like laughs, kind of like a Marvel movie. It's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that's because like uh, Patty Jenkins, the director for the original movie took on writing duties as well by herself for this movie. Instead of having the three other people who wrote it originally. <laughs> you think they'd so, be able to afford some people to help? Well, one of them was Zack Snyder. There, there might have been a story there. <laughs> so that, that's, so that's, if that's, anything, he was a detriment, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, like, well, like, Zack Snyder was one of the people that helped write the original movie. Hmm. And then really? he was in exile, I guess, during that period. And I'm just saying, 
he wasn't involved in it at all. And I don't know what would happen. <laughs> well, I don't think he was in exile. Didn't like his daughter die or something? Well, he, that happened. Yeah. But like, I, I think they were wanting to try to distance from his flavor of everything too. They they were trying to take advantage of that fact. I feel like, um, because everybody had to, he had to fight and argue to get his cut done or whatever. Mm. But, um, then, but yeah, like I said, it's okay. It's not as bad as everybody says it is, but it's it's kind of underwhelming. Uh, then I watched the new Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one, and it was good. It was mm. fun. John Cena is amazing. Yes, and he's gonna get his own TV show where he's Peace Walker. And I saw the trailer, and it was already fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else did a good job too. Idris Elba did a great job, and uh, Polka Dot Man that was funny and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that gets to play Amanda Waller in that is like great too. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of that movie is just like, hey, do you guys remember the last movie? And it's like, fuck you. And then like, I'm not gonna spoil it. I just want people to watch and be like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I've played uh, played some games as well, besides when I went to MAGFest. Uh, I beat Dino Crisis 2 for, for PS1. Hell yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's fun. Um, it gets a little bogged down in some of the constant barrage of dinosaur attacks a little bit. And the story is like the weakest part of that game. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's very, very story light in comparison to the original that had about as much story as a Resident Evil game does. If there's one um, thing that Capcom ne- Capcom needs to remake is Dino Crisis. Yeah, and if they're going to remake it, it's going to maybe be good because I feel like it was kind of popular when it came out initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to have like a distinctive identity instead of like every time we make a Dino Crisis game, it's totally different from the last one. Yeah. <laughs> because that happened. It was like the first game was a survival horror game. The second game was like basically action. an action game. And then the third one is like in space, has nothing to do with anybody. The plot's totally different, and everybody's got jetpacks on a fucking space station with dinosaurs <laughs> in it. Well, I re- they changed the title too, didn't they? No, it's still called Dino Crisis 3. Yeah. It has is nothing it? to do with. I'm yeah. thinking about Dino Stalker then. And then there's Dino Stalker, which is a damn light gun game. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? It's, they, there was no consistency at all. <laughs> um, I started playing Final Fantasy 4. Um, in an effort to try to play some more early JRPGs. Excellent. Pretty good so far. I'm at the part where Cecil goes to become a paladin. Yes. Um, that part's tough. There's one thing about this game I kind of don't like already out of the gate, though, and it's the fact that every time you get a new party member, they're fucking level 10, and you got to play catch-up with them. That's kind of annoying. They don't have to be your level, but if they could be like a little closer to your level... That, that I feel like that would cut down on bullshit a little bit, but that's how those games were. Mm. Um, then I was at MAGFest, I played a whole bunch of shit. I introduced a bunch of people to Windjammers. Windjammers is fucking amazing. I know, right? The best kept secret accidentally. I don't know. I did my job. I, I spread the word of Windjammers. Windjammers 2 coming um, out in a couple of weeks. That's yep. right. Everybody should get it. It's fun. Uh... And I played a whole bunch of arcade shit and console stuff, too, that they had there. We did Rock Band. We did uh, Halo. Ooh, System Link. At least I did. <laughs> and uh, that was fun and annoying. And uh, I also played a, a lot of Sega racing games like GT, Daytona USA 2, Sega Rally. The, the, the fucking arcade system was busted because it was slower than what it should have been. I literally couldn't beat the game because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my damnedest. I just couldn't do it. You could go flat out, and on the final lap, you would time out before you get to the finish line. Like I got all the way to third stage, and I, I could almost finish, but I would always run out of time in the same fucking spot. I just needed that extra 50 to 75 kilometers per hour. It just wouldn't give it to me. Um. I also played a NASCAR game that Sega made that I didn't know about. Uh, that was made in 2000. It's it's very hard, though. It's more like a sim in, as an arcade game. It's strange. Uh, played you beat the Gundam thing. I played a bunch of random fighting games. And that's how I spent my time there. Nice. Now I'm back here. 
we're back here so it's in the twilight zone um so i guess we'll get into the first episode of my pack uh season two episode 24 rip van winkle caper uh four criminals looks like they're in lots like the desert of like las vegas right about right maybe like south Car uh, california or something yeah there's somewhere in the southwest yeah and um they have this truck and a car and they're they robbed gold pretty much uh there's like this doctor scientist guy uh where he like puts gas on a train and they robbed a train full of gold uh and then they went to the cave and they're supposed to suspend their animation and go a hundred years into the future and that's pretty much the plot as far as what's going on. There's some things that happen when they're in the future. Uh, but obviously, these are criminals, right? So you're going to have big egos. You're going to have people that are just like greedy, uh, like the Cruz. Like the Cruz, in the beginning of the episode, it seems like he's worried about this suspend animation thing. Um, but It feels like they're setting him up to be the protagonist at first. Yeah. Because he's the character who's speaking the most, and he's the one who's, like, questioning things. And, the, no, he is not the protagonist. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, he's not a good guy, at any rate. Yeah, I, I thought the other guy that uh, gets hit by the car from the cruise, uh, I thought he was going to be, like, the, the bad guy. But, no, that's another swerve, kind of. Um, here's what I have a problem with. Uh, the cruise. Like... Keep in mind, they're in the middle of the desert, right? There's not a lot of evidence besides, like, their secret little door that they opened up so that they could sleep in there for 100 years. Um, but he takes the car, runs that dude over, and then he has the car go off the cliff. Now, I understand that what he's doing. He's, he's acting like the car fell off the cliff with the guy there to make it look like he died that way. But I'm like, you just put yourself in a shit show right now because now you got to carry all these golds where they're, it's, it's not, it's not light and you're in a desert and you have limited water and you don't know if there's a civilization because it's a hundred years, just like how the doctor said, you know, there could have been a war and what we're walking to could be nothing. And then obviously you see the planes go over and he's like, Oh look, there's civilization, there's planes. But at the same time, you still don't know because you don't know if that's the enemy. You don't know if that's Germany. You don't know if that's Russia that's taken over the United States of America. I just, that that brought me down a little bit because I'm like, I guess they had to do it for the story. But at the same time, I'm just like, wow, this, this criminal is an idiot. <laughs> I guess that's why there was a smart guy, the doctor, which, you know, he kept on bringing up to Cruz. I underestimated you. But he says it like twice in five minutes. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's the only problem I have. But like my main thing about the twist, and by the way, spoilers. By the way, we always spoil everything on the show, but we have to point that out. It's uh, like freaking what is it? Sixty years old now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part about this episode is the twist at the end. Um where this futuristic uh, vehicle and this guy comes up and he says, oh it's, oh, it's this tramp. And he's like, he has this gold. He wanted this gold for a ride. This gold is not worth anything anymore. And he throws it. <laughs> he just throws the bar of gold away. And that's the twist is that they never thought of, you know, bringing gold in a hundred years into the future. They thought they would be rich and walk in the streets as a rich man. But instead they went to the future, which they would have been poor. They would have had been criminals again, pretty much. Um, and I, 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 that's what sold me for the episode. What about you guys? What do you guys have to say about this episode? It's got a really, it's got a lot of really clunky exposition dialogue at the beginning because they're all like, "Yeah, you don't learn to gas a whole train so that we can just step right over them and take the gold without." without learning a few other lessons like it, it, everything's really clunky at the beginning but you know it's, they got 22 minutes to tell me a story i, I kind of get it it's fine mm -hmm. um i'm sure this episode was shot very cheaply because it only really uses one set and then an exterior which is them along the road of course uh i really like the twist at the end a lot i like that oh gold's worthless now 
of course it is. Uh, Bitcoin's taken over you retards, but <laughs> but uh, like maybe it's because I've seen it before. I w- I would like to think not though. It seems I kind of feel like you see it coming from pretty far away because you start thinking this is toward the twilight zone. Things aren't going to be as they seem. What's going to happen? Oh, the gold's going to be worthless or something like that. I I've, but I've, I do really like the end. The end is is pretty poignant and interesting. I feel like back then this could have been like a filler episode, <laughs> like all the other, you know, top tier episodes that happen in Twilight Zone. You're like, then you get this one, and you're just like, it's in one area, um, and you know they had this little story. Uh, I actually looked up uh, because the cruise talks about just like Rip Van Winkle, um, and I never knew the story of Rip Van Winkle, by the way. Uh, but apparently, yeah, apparently it's a, about a guy who like goes up into the mountains and meets this Dutchman and he drinks their alcohol for like, doesn't even question it, he just drinks it and then takes a nap and he like wakes up 20 years later. Like he was, right. he was pre uh, American revolution and then it was post revolution. Like there was King George and now there's George Washington. So I guess that you had to read it in elementary school, I think. Yeah, that th- that story never stuck to me. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. Um, I mean, presumably not everyone read all the same stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty neat. But Zach, what about you? What did you think about this episode? Um, I thought it was pretty good. <clears throat> I I've seen this one on TV a few times during like those marathons. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be one of those more famous episodes that people talk about. I wonder if the oh the criminals and they they go to sleep for a hundred years. Um, there's like a few things that are like you had a problem with that dude driving the car over the cliff. That's like the most obvious one. Like, why the fuck? What are you worried about? Like, oh sh- that car looks like you hit somebody with it. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> no, like you just fucked yourselves. Um. If he was smart, he just would have drove off after hitting that guy with the fucking car and just drove away. That's what I thought he was going to do. Like, why not? You see his foot go to the brake pedal. I wondered if maybe it wasn't supposed to indicate, like, the brakes were bad after sitting for 100 years or something. I was yeah, waiting for him to be like, the brakes didn't work or something like that, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah, that, that could have easily fixed that. But I'm even more amazed the damn thing works after 100 years. It should have been like a pile of fucking rust at that point. Well, they had it under a sheet, and sheets preserve all things. That's <laughs> it was under a tarp. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> then the the thing with like uh, uh, I forget the fourth dude that ended up dead because the rock fell on his his, his coffin. Yeah, I'm like, well, uh, the rock must have fell. I'm like, well, a rock could have fallen on any of them. <laughs> I that seemed like kind of a gross oversight there. Also. It- Presumably, they're in the desert outside of, like, you know, California, in California somewhere, right? There are earthquakes there pretty frequently. Yeah. In 100 years, there's going to have been earthquakes. Yeah, or a pretty bad one, too, at some <laughs> point. And that scene was kind of weird, too, because, like, they, I guess I got to keep in mind, maybe they just didn't know science that well back then, and this was pretty new with the suspend animation thing. But, like, even the doctor's like, yeah, it worked. I think so. And then, 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 like, obviously they found the fourth body. And it's like, see, it worked. We found a dead body. We made it 100 years, possibly. Uh, yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I had a couple issues with that. Then the thing where they're, like, walking out the road. And, of course, my mind's thinking, because I, I can't quite remember the ending. Uh, it's like, oh, the civilization's wiped out. The gold's worthless. Like, that, that was, like, the most obvious one to me. Or... It turned out no, they just manufacture gold in the future now. It's to, they could just make it like through alchemy or some shit. I don't know. Mm. Um, it, as he's go, they're going through the desert. The the doctor guy it keeps getting thir- he's he was a dumbass. He left his canteen somewhere on the side of the road, <laughs> and he keeps needing water. Some then, doctor, yeah, some doctor. Of course, do- most doctors are book smart, not common sense smart. True, and. uh the cruise is like, oh, that's too bad. You know, I got water here. I'll give you a drink for a gold bar. And he basically bilks him out of all of his gold mm. because he's thirsty. And then finally, that doctor's smart. He just fucking kills the guy and he takes his candy. <laughs> he <laughs> murders I, him. 
I mean, he's a criminal anyway. Fuck it. I, that's what I would have done. I mean, yeah, they're all criminals. There's not really anyone to root for in this episode. I think that's what makes it one of the weaker ones in my eyes. It's a well-written episode. The twist at the end is interesting. Honestly, where, when he kills De Cruz, that's that's the more interesting part than even the end. But yeah. there's no one to root for. There's no one to be like, oh man, I hope this guy, I hope this guy makes it. I hope, I hope the government doesn't execute this librarian. I, I hope. <laughs> this couple gets away from this this weird town or whatever. Yeah, there's no one to there's no one to be excited for. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Usually these these episodes work better if there's somebody you like, not even really a protagonist, just you like somebody. Yeah, I guess the justice system works still in the future because like these criminals steal something and then it like karma happens and <laughs> they end up coming to the future with uh, uh not valuable gold and then dying so justice served so i guess that's the the protagonist of it and by the way you're gonna hear dogs barking if you hear it so i'm sorry dog sounds how unprofessional (laughs) i would never do that um but overall do you guys recommend this episode yeah it's pretty good yeah it's an all right one yeah let's move on real quick one more thing i kept being distracted Who's the doctor? What is he from? I've seen him in something. Is he in a James Bond movie or something? No, he was the SS officer in one of the episodes we watched yes. last year. Mm-hmm. Shit, I thought he was. I was like, here. who is this guy? I had to look it up. Yeah. Um, he was the uh, Nazi officer that went to the back to the camp. Right. Um, so we all recommend um, next episode, season three, episode 17, one more, one more Paul Bearer. It's about a rich dude. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, go ahead. Uh, one more Paul Bearer about a rich dude. Um, who's putting like this? He's making like a bomb shelter, and like audios and stuff, and and a big TV screen with a nuke going off. And you find out that the repairman, uh, the guy who's doing this work, is like you're doing a doing a trick on someone he's like yeah but you know i'm still building this since we're kind of at a cold war you never know when you're gonna need a bomb shelter um and he invites three people his uh old school teacher a reverend and a colonel and he's uh pretty much settling a score i guess because he he was embarrassed by these three people uh, and the plot pretty much happens is this is where I, it, it kind of like confuses me a little bit because he's settling a score, right? Um, he's pranking them. He, he, he's doing the pranks before like pranking on YouTube was trolling them. Yeah. Old school troll. Yeah. <laughs> Cold war troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like. He talks to the teacher, and the te- he's like, oh, you know, you embarrassed me in front of the class because I cheated on a test. And, like, he doesn't deny it, but he's like, I was so embarrassed. And then, like, the reverend had his thing. And you don't hear a lot from the colonel, by the way. The only thing, like, he had gripes with is that, like, I'm now in command, not you anymore. He wasn't really embarrassed a lot by the colonel. He court-martialed him because he refused to follow his order. Oh, yeah endangered people or something yeah but 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 my my problem was he wanted them to stay like i understand like of the twist that we kind of have at the end but like why did did he just want to be wanted was that his thing he wanted them to to apologize for for embarrassing him and it's interesting because the way this episode frames it is what kind of like what we were talking about the last episode kind of lacked at first in the beginning it frames like oh this guy got he got embarrassed and he feels he feels slighted you know everybody goes through life and they get fucking embarrassed by people and they they might hang on to that Mm -hmm. or something uh and but then when everybody explains what really happened they realize this guy's kind of an asshole yeah no it's like at first you're like Oh, he's getting revenge. Like everyone has revenge fantasies. That's why that term is so common. And you sit around thinking about, you know, oh, I should have said this, or oh, I'd get him if I could just do this or whatever. And then as the episode goes on, you realize, oh no, he's the prick. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe that's supposed to to turn your analysis inward and be like, wait, 
maybe I'm an asshole sometimes too, and I know I am. So, it, it, yeah, the only the, the only uh, one that didn't get you know clarified much was the thing that happened where he got court martialed. Like the colonel didn't explain. Well, you failed to mention the whole reason why you didn't follow those orders anyway. It was blah blah. blah but what he kind of just said, you got more people killed. Well, we've seen episodes already where some kind of military guy refuses to carry out an order because it's inhumane or fucking he thinks you're going to get more people killed or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like kind of not really a payoff to that. And I, I laugh because, you know, they, they, they get serious cause they like, they all stand up and they're just like, we, I want to go home. Like, what are we doing here? Like you said, it was like grave <laughs> danger. Like it was, it was something about life or death. Why are we here? And then, like, he sits there and, like, in front of them pushes a button. And then, like, the uh, the announcement of bombs coming this way. Like, none of them had the idea, like, oh, you pressed that button and then that happened. Like, it, you would think, like, maybe the teacher would be smart. Be like, oh, you're fabricating this since. Well, in their defense, um, I, if you can, put yourself in that situation what he's doing does seem pretty crazy. Like it's hard to believe that he would fabricate this entire, like not just you know, the bomb shelter, or whatever it's the cold war, but like this entire false narrative and all the radio messages and everything else. Like it does seem pretty far fetched. So maybe their mind, cause you know, it's, it's the, it's the, what the early sixties or something. I think it's, mm. you know, it's on everyone's mind, you know, world war three, the end of the world, uh, nuclear Holocaust, Armageddon, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe they they didn't even cross their mind that this guy's that crazy. Yeah, and maybe because the teacher says, "Oh, you walk with leaders and kings and queens and stuff," so like you have that luxury. And then he also brings up, "I pay for this luxury of knowing this information before the public and stuff." So I guess that kind of helps it in yeah. that way. Um, I guess. <laughs> my- I, I still would like to understand how. <laughs> <laughs> My, my my favorite part is like he's like stay with me and you'll live or go out there and you die and they're just like nah we're just we want to be with people we actually love and um i i i i like that uh again these both episodes are based off of just dialogue in like one area um besides the first episode that we talked about where they're on the road and then obviously the interior of a, a mountain shit uh but in this one it's just plainly in the basement the the bunker but then there's a one ep, uh one area where it's outside of like a building and stuff <laughs> of him crying and shit uh i like the ending um it kind of that's why i was a little confused was like did he want the power did he want the love kind of not being alone like did he think that he was not uh they were gonna say yes and apologize to him and and live with him in this prank of a post-apocalyptic world he just wanted the apology he expected all three of them to fold immediately and be like oh i'm so sorry you were right i was wrong and then he was gonna be like well i've got you later and then like let him out yeah i think i don't know the wasteland i guess that he pops out which by the way i laugh because i'm like trying to think of like when a bomb goes off right you don't want a elevator because they tell you when there's a fire, you shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't be in the elevator. So I'm like thinking, like when there's a nuke, how do you get out of there if the elevator is broken? You're kind of fucked if you think about it, unless he has like another room where he leaves. But I like when the bomb goes off, uh, in quotation marks, and he just like pops out of the rubble <laughs> after he goes into the elevator. So like my mind is like, oh, he just went into the elevator and he just popped out of the rubble. Uh, and that 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 switch from that scene made me laugh a little bit, but I guess the wasteland kind of like symbolizes that he's alone, uh, and he's an asshole, and he's always is gonna be alone. He's left alone in the con- the wasteland of his consciousness. Yeah, but do you guys have anything to say about this episode? I uh, I kind of preferred the twist to be, and then there was nuclear Armageddon. But because it's that, and then it's like, oh no, he's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I liked it. I like the first twist better before they retwisted it. I kind of like it better that it was a double twist. Okay, well that's fine. 
Because all the time I suspect, although then the bombs are really going to drop. And that, that, that's what it seemed like was actually happening. Then he goes up there and he's like, oh my God, no, no. <laughs> and he's just in front of his own fountain and in, in, in his office building. And it's he's just crazy. That, I guess that teacher, that school marm made him insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> because she fucking cut him down to size. That's true. Yeah, she really fucked him up. Like the reverend, he's like, I don't like you. But I guess I could pray for you. But I need to be with my wife. I don't want to be with you. And the colonel is just a fucking military man. Like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, <no worries. laughs> um, I guess, what didn't you guys like about the this episode? Because, again, these Twilight Zone episodes, they're like 22 to 30 minutes long. So you can't really get into like a deep conversation. Unless it's like really, really good, like the the the, the Nazi uh, episode from last year, that was good to talk about because a lot of shit happened in that episode. I I do like um like one of my it wasn't really criticism. I just brought up the fact that in the last episode it must have been cheap to shoot because it had one set, and one exterior, and this one's got kind of the same thing going on. It's just most of it takes place in this this bottle, in this one area. And if the dialogue is is really good, if if it has if it's twisty dialogue. That works out really well. So, I, I think this is a pretty well written one. Like you could read it just as well as watch it, mm-hmm. and I think that makes for a really good Twilight Zone episode. Zach, what about you? There wasn't really anything I, I, I didn't like about this episode. It was it was a good one. Sorry to like be, go off topic here, but your your space thing over there in the background, Zach. What was that spaceship? Is that like Star Fox shit? No, it's just the uh, screensaver for the Saturn. Oh, really? That's like Saturn. That's fucking yep. cool. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put like a screensaver up on my TV in the background. Yeah, for our audio listeners, Zach has his uh, screensaver in the background. And it's space, just like, you know, the Twilight Zone where, you know, in between each episode, they have like that space, which is just Christmas lights uh, <laughs> with the stars. I was going to do Starfield on my uh, Windows 98 PC here, but I'm having problems with it right now, and i got to get it fixed. Gotcha. <laughs> well, did you guys like Rod Sterling's intros um, in any of these episodes? It, it kind of seems both of them were weaker in this one. I mean, he's always um, great, but like nothing memorable um, has been said. Yeah, I suppose so. I can't remember what he said. I didn't think I wasn't really thinking about it, if I'm being honest. I think for weaker episodes, not that there's anything wrong with them being weaker episodes. There's the intros aren't going to be as memorable. Yeah. Just kind of how that goes. Usually. Uh, I watched my episode on Paramount plus and I, I don't know if you guys have the box set and I don't know if they do this on the box set, I do. but at the end of every episode, Rod Sterling introduces the next episode and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this is so cool. <laughs> uh, I, in the marathon, you don't get that obviously because it's always skipping episodes. So like I've never seen that before. So I was actually happy to see that on Paramount Plus, hmm. which, by the way, has all the episodes on Paramount Plus. If uh, anybody's looking at there, yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I didn't, I'm surprised you didn't want to jazz it up and choose like a new episode or something. I yeah, kind of think about it. Even the the new 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 episode, the the uh, key and. In- Who's it? Who's the guy? Peel. Um, Jordan Peel. Jordan, Jordan Peel. I should have done one of those episodes to get it out of the way, but uh, maybe well, next. One of one of the episodes they remade for the new seasons was one more pallbearer. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that and then I'll come back next week and like quickly talk about it. See what similarities and shit. Um. Cool. But those are my two episodes. Obviously, I I don't think we're ever gonna say not recommended. I don't think there is not a single episode that I wouldn't recommend in Twilight Zone. This year, I thought about I was going to look up worst Twilight Zone episodes and choose two of those just to see, like, are there ones that we hate? But I I couldn't do it because I've been wanting to watch The Passerby since we started doing this. Mm. And then I just found another one I wanted to watch. Speaking of passerby, I guess uh, Andy's going to be up next with his picks. So what are your uh, two picks that we're going to be watching and talking about next week? The passerby, I mentioned it last year, and I think I even mentioned it some other time before that. But it is season three, episode four. 
And it's funny you would mention um, now I forgot Jordan Peele. Uh, the other one I chose is Mirror Image, Season 1, Episode 21, and he said in an interview, this episode is what inspired the movie Us. Oh, really? Which I really liked. I liked that movie a lot. So I was like, well, I'm going to rewatch this episode with that in mind. So there you go. Mirror Image and the Passerby. Nice. Next week. All right. So we're going to get into some news that mattered to us. Let's get the sadness out of the way. Um, two people... Um, I forgot the third guy's name. Uh, something Sydney. Something he's. Yeah, he passed away. Betty White passed away, and Bob fucking Saget passed away. The guy. Shit. Which, by the way, my favorite movie with him in it is Half Baked, where he just stood up and said, "I'd I'd suck dick for cocaine." Um. So <laughs> rest in peace, Bob Saget. Uh, it's kind of sad because one. He's too young. Two, it was out of nowhere. Three, he was in uh, Jacksonville. He just did like a comedy show and he like tweeted out like literally like, I think it was like uh, a day before he died that he's excited he's getting back in the comedy run. And then he's dead in a hotel in, in Orlando. I know they found him in his hotel room. Do they have a cause of death? Is it drugs? Uh, they did an autopsy. They confirmed that it's not drugs. It's not foul play. So maybe a heart attack out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's it 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 really really sucks. Um, <laughs> we talked about it uh, before the show. Uh, Andy, you brought it up, but I think you were just doing it as a joke. But like, obviously, we're all sad that Betty White died, but she had a pretty good run. <laughs> She had 99 years. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, it was too soon. Because, because they wanted her to make it to 100. Yeah, I admit, I did too. Mm. But also, she was 99. Like, if anyone's going to die, it's probably a 99-year-old. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not tragic. It's tragic when anyone dies, especially someone who was apparently as kind and funny as she was. I never met her. But, you know, in what, you know, she, she, she was... In the public eye, she seems like a pretty cool person. I think what annoys me is like everybody and their mother are talking about Betty White, and I'm pretty sure like maybe 75% of the people just didn't give a shit and just did it like social media stuff. Like, obviously, the Golden Girls, everybody remembers Betty White for the Golden Girls and obviously other movies. She, she's, she's a legend in the, in the, you know, the industry of Hollywood. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you motherfuckers didn't really give a shit. You just wanted social points. <laughs> Fuck off. There is a low-key modern fandom for Golden Cor Girls. It's really hardcore. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, actually. I mean, there are people who just, like, really love that show. Because the, the day she died, like, a bunch of Gold Girls clips, like, rolled onto my Facebook feed, and they were genuinely funny. Yeah. Like, it just seems like that show is just, like, these four older women just roast the fuck out of each other all the time and i'm like yeah that's what friends do they just roast the fuck out of each other i think i'm gonna watch this show <laughs> yeah i mean their episodes are cool i mean i i never really watched like religiously watched the show but like obviously the clips that i saw were funny um but yeah um that happened um to kind of what me and zach are going to be talking about this on getting some color but we have new tag team champions in aew the jungle express um Jurassic Express. Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Jungle Express. I, I saw that. He saw that match. We watched wrestling that day. Oh, you saw right. fucking the arm get bent and shit? Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> that, was a, that garnered a big reaction in the room. Like, oh, God damn, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ray Phoenix is like, my arm, I can't fucking wrestle. Get me Fuck out of it. Fuck X. No. <laughs> but it was it was a good moment to see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, and Christian like all proud that they, you know they won. By the way, fuck you, Marco Stunt. We don't need the little boy in the ring. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, I have news to talk about as far as Dying Light Two. Um, they came out and said to beat the whole game one hundred percent is going to take about five hundred hours. And that's getting like every collectible, doing everything in the game, uh, every mode in the game. 
doing every side mission and main mission will get you 500. People freak the fuck out. I had just like, I don't have time anywhere, which understandable. But these are the same people that are... This isn't the stuff that normal people are going to do to beat the game. Yeah. Though. So, I I don't understand. Why would they be upset about this? But they always get mad when the game doesn't have enough hours. Like, if it's just 20, they're like, oh, it should be like 50. But then, like, they're like, you know what? We'll take that 50 and we'll put another fucking zero right there and it's 500. And you're like, no, no. It's stupid. I'm at the point in my life where if I hear a game is more than 100 hours, I think, I just, I can't even, I don't even have time to do that. Like, if a game is short, I'm more likely to play it now. Because I'll just get a nice experience. The game's not going to overstay its welcome. I'm going to I'm gonna see a nice story, and then I can just move on with my life and play something else. Well, they, they broke it down because they saw people were freaking out, like usual, on social media. And they're just like, hey, guys, don't worry. If you just want to do the main story, it's 20 hours. If you want to do the main story and all the side missions, it's 80 hours. If you want to do everything then it's 500 so they broke it down there and then <laughs> it sounds like an 80 it's an 80 hour game then yeah is what you're telling me yep. it's 20 to 80 hours if you're a weirdo and you need to i've got it in front of me time needed to max out the game with all main and side quests choices and endings checking every place on the map every dialogue and finding every collectible i fuck collectibles what is this a ubisoft game i'm doing <laughs> this shit i don't know i'm just tired of like people complaining um in my eyes since i'm like getting into open world rpg games i'm like hell yeah that means i just need to buy this game and i'm pretty much set for a while so that i could just sink my teeth into it uh whatever teeth i have left <laughs> um but uh what, what, what's your guys opinion what's your hefty number that you're just happy with in, in oh, games? that was my opinion that's too long um, if I depending on the kind of game it is, like if it's a first person shooter, I want the story to be like you know, 10, 12 hours, maybe even eight. If it's an RPG though, uh, I feel like 40 to 50 is the sweet spot, but I, I understand that 80 is the norm now. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, like you know, I'm not every person, you know, 50 that's about a sweet spot. Zach, what about you? Um, <clears throat> I know that seems like a lot of time, but that's playing a game in a certain style. I never play a game in. I don't go out of my way to get everything. See, it, like I have gone out of my way to see every ending, but there's still some games I have where there's there's more than like two or three endings that I, I've never seen. Mm-hmm. But that just means I'll try to play it later on down the road and try to see the others when I get back to playing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, well, usually when I play a game the first time, I play it all the way through, maybe do some extra stuff on the side if it's compelling enough, and I'm done with it for a while. Um, and like Andy was saying, I get different amounts of times uh, are fine for different kinds of genres. So that's pretty much how I look at it. Yeah. Other than that, again, there hasn't been a lot of news. Uh, February is like a, a lot of games are coming out. You have Dying Light 2 coming out. You have uh, Horizon Forbidden West coming out. Oh, they had the stealth fucking like uh, event about PlayStation VR 2 uh, that, that like nobody knew about until like the next couple of days. But they're releasing another package of PSVR 2, and there's a new Horizon game that's going to be on there. Um, and a new headset, which I guess is as the the specs are just as the Index Valve um, headset, which is interesting. And it's a higher end compared to the, the PSVR. Um so I don't know. I don't know how much that's going to cost. It might reach to 800, 900 area. I was excited. PSVR 2, they, they said a lot of the same things that I wanted to hear them say. It's not going to be wireless, and that's kind of a bummer. But because it's not wireless, it's going to be more powerful. Because the screens inside the PSVR, I think, are only like 720p or something like that. Mm-hmm. I know it's like right here in your face, so who cares? But it, it's going to have a higher fidelity and also... 
the cameras are going to track the controllers from the headset now. So if you like turn away from the TV or you walk around the room or something, it's not going to yell at you, which is the biggest problem I have with PSVR right now is you, the stupid camera has to track you. And if you're get too far away or you lean, like if you're playing like fucking super hot or something, you're like ducking or something, trying to not get hit by a bullet. You can lean out of the play zone and it yells at you and screws you up. But now that's not going to happen anymore. Presumably. Yeah. And also they, they showed, uh, there's going to be new controllers and they're going to be better. They're not going to be PlayStation three controllers. They've repurposed anymore. Yeah. It kind of looks the, the valve index controllers. It looks cool. Um, so, I, I'm I'm interested in it. Um, I do have a PS5 that I barely use, so maybe the PSVR2 will make me use it, um, and that's exciting. But other than that, Zach or Andy, did you guys have any news that you wanted to bring up? No, I missed all the news. I wasn't home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I I think we'll end the episode here. Uh, remember to watch Andy's picks, which is again, if you want to repeat them. The Passerby and Mirror Image. Yeah, so remember to watch those and then come back here and we'll talk about it. Uh, if you want to catch more Big Trouble podcasts, make sure you go on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all the good stuff. Uh, me and Zach are going to be doing Get Some Color this Thursday, um, which we, we're just doing Raw, right? Or are we doing WCW as well? Uh, I gotta double check that. Okay, well, get, you you'll know you'll know when it happens, uh, and then yeah. obviously next week, me and Zach will be doing doing a Nemesis project for Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, again, same thing, and we're also on YouTube, guys. Big Trouble Podcast on YouTube. If you want to see our our faces and uh, the themes that I have going on in the video, um, also for uh, me and Zach's getting some color. If you look up All Dubs Wrestling, that's where getting some color is, and then obviously the Nemesis project on YouTube. So. Uh, until next time, everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.